Hi, everyone. This is Lori Joyner from Lori Joyner Ministries. Welcome to my podcast, where we talk practically about all things discipleship related, such as where to find people to disciple, what to do on a typical discipleship appointment, and how to help our disciples grow in Christ. Whether you're just starting out or looking to sharpen your discipleship skills, you're in the right place. Well, hey, friends, it's Lori Joyner, your discipleship coach. Today, we're in part two of talking to your disciple about things that might be hard to bring up. We call it speaking the truth in love. And today in this podcast, we're going to be talking about a sample script that I use along with advice for when not to confront somebody. Now, when I begin this type of conversation with a woman that I'm discipling, I always begin on a positive note. You know, I share with her something that I'm proud of her for. I affirm her in some specific way, such as a recent, a recent step of faith she took or her readiness to learn, or maybe just the single act of bringing a spiritually lost friend to church. Then I segue into the truth always speaking it in love and kindness. This is the script I use, and this is my segue. I'll say, you know, since we've begun meeting for discipleship and getting to know each other, there's something I noticed that I wanted to bring to your attention. It's hard for me to bring this up because I care about you and I don't want to hurt your feelings. However, because I'm committed to your growth in every area of life, I just didn't want to put off talking with you about this any longer. Over the past blank, I've noticed that you blank. Okay, so if you missed that script, I'm going to let you know when at the end of this podcast, you can um, grab that script for yourself personally. But basically, I'm just saying, hey, since we began, I've noticed a couple of things I want to bring to your attention. And then notice that I shared with her that I was scared to bring it up, right? I said, it's hard for me to bring this up because I care about you. But also, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I think sometimes when we just lead with the truth that this is awkward and this is tough, but I'm committed to your growth, so I'm going to bring it up anyway. I think it just helps. Also, I always mention a time period and a specific issue. So over the past you know, three months, over the past semester, over the past few weeks, whatever it is, I've noticed that you blank. And I know that's going to be tough just to kind of say whatever the problem is out loud, but that's really what you've got to do and be specific. So not only do you want to share the truth in love, but you also need to generally help them change for the better. I remember talking with Cheryl about the critical way she spoke to others. I even reminded her of a recent incident in which we were brainstorming for an upcoming event. And at one point she replied to another woman's comment, well, that's just a stupid idea. Okay. Yeah, that actually happened. I gently explained that, you know, in the future, she could maybe just suggest a different idea or just say nothing at all. Listen, it's not enough just to tell your disciple the truth. You need to help them make the necessary changes. And remember, we've got to be specific as we talk, because let me tell you something, whatever the issue is, it will be a challenging conversation. But skirting around the real issue will not help your disciple. Matter of fact, it will likely confuse them more. So knowing when to address an issue and then when to keep quiet will take some experience. So I want to share with you a list of things, six items that will help you know when not 
to say anything, okay? When not to confront a person. Number one, do not confront a person unless you have prayed about the issue and for the woman. Now, I mentioned this a little bit in the last podcast, in the part one of the series, but unless you've spent a significant amount of time praying, do not confront. You need to hear God's wisdom in your wording and in your tone, and you need his wisdom on timing as well. This conversation will be challenging, but not having God in the lead will make it even more difficult. So what I mean by this is this. If you've got a woman you're discipling and she does something that bothers you, you don't just simply blurt it out at that moment. You know, why do you do this? Why do you have a habit of this? Or I've noticed you got a habit of this. Because if you haven't prayed about it, she's not ready and neither are you. You must hold your tongue until you can document some prayer time just on that issue. Number two, do not confront a person unless... Your motivation is love, grace, and the person's continued growth. Think to yourself, what is your motive for confronting them? Maybe you see this person as a leader. You see their potential. You see them as a discipler, a small group leader. Maybe you see this person as an evangelist. And as a discipler, you have faith for them. Matter of fact, you might see potential in them that they don't even see in themselves yet. And you need to speak that into them. You need to give them hope and eyes for the future. And in that vein, their growth is your motivation for bringing an issue to them. Any other motive might be short-sighted. You've got to look down the timeline, see them for what they can be, and then help them grow to that place. And sometimes... Oftentimes, speaking the truth in love is one of the things that we do. God uses us as a little tool in, in, his, in his hand to help them. So what is your motivation? I share with my disciples what I see in them. I see you. A matter of fact, I'm discipling a woman right now. She is a flight attendant, and I love to say that she's my flying evangelist because she has so many amazing conversations in the skies with people. Well, let me tell you something. If there's an issue in her life that I feel like could hinder that, then I'm going to bring it up to her because my motivation is for her to be an effective witness for him. I want to help. Number three, do not confront a person unless you can clearly identify a specific problem. Notice the word specific. What is it exactly you're going to talk to them about? Is it the use of social media? Do they have an alcohol addiction, an eating disorder? Do they interrupt people? Do they wear super revealing clothes? Listen, I've had each of these conversations and others, and you've got to be specific. Generalities leave too much to the imagination and are just not helpful. Number four. Do not confront a person unless you have at least one specific example to back up your concern. Matter of fact, a few examples would would be even better. I remember one time I needed to talk to a gal I was discipling in college ministry about a suspected eating disorder. And I had a few actual examples to bring to her. I talked to her specifically one day about the fact that she would pile her plate of food, like if we were being like a group setting. 
And she would say, oh, yum, yum town. Oh, I love this food. And she would be piling it on her plate. I'm telling you, more than a normal person could eat. So it seemed to show that she was going to eat all this food. But then she would say, oh, I'm going to go get seconds. But she was actually leaving the group to go dump the entire thing in the trash. Another situation that her roommate confided in me and told me I am concerned She's only eating tuna and lettuce. Like that's all she has in the refrigerator is tuna and lettuce for multiple meals on end. I also noticed she wore extremely baggy clothes, like crazy baggy clothes. And it was hiding her shrinking frame. I brought this up to her in love and in tears. She said, I haven't known how to bring this up, who to talk to. I don't even know what to do. You need to have specific examples because if you don't have any, don't bring the issue up yet. Listen, you won't get very far anyway. I had those specific examples to bring to her so that it would help her open up and say, yes, this is an issue and I do need help. So have a specific example just to say, you look too skinny is not going to be helpful. Just to say, you talk way too much. Is actually not going to be helpful. I need to have specific examples to back up the concern. Number five, do not, absolutely do not confront a person unless you specifically are ready to help them change. Matter of fact, you want to have pre-thought through how this person can change. Maybe you've made a little list on an index card on some helpful suggestions to help them move forward and change in this area. You may be suggesting counseling. You may even take the initiative to set something up for your disciple. You know, that is what I did with the gal I just told you about with her suspected eating disorder. There was a woman at our church I knew could help her to some extent, at least. I reached out to that woman before I ever confronted the disciple about this. First of all, I wanted a little bit of her advice. But secondly, I said, if she calls you, do you have time this week to meet with her? She said, yes. Let me tell you something. When I told my disciple that I'd already reached out on her behalf, that I cared about her so much, and I so wanted to help her that I had done some legwork for her, that didn't drive us further apart. That drove us closer together. So I want you to know that if you want to help change, you want to be a part of the process, that will be so incredible for your your disciple. Um, another time is that you could might want to give them some advice. Um, for example, I remember one gal I talked to at length about um, just uh, talking all, all the time in Bible study. And I gave her some specific examples of when she had done this. I was like, do you remember when this person was sharing a story and then you said this? She was like, uh, yeah. I'm like, and do you remember when like that person started sharing something and you said this? And and. And little by little, the light bulbs began to go on in her mind, but I didn't leave her there. I wanted to be a part of helping her change. I said, you know, one thing you could do is that you could begin to ask people more questions. Let them finish what they're saying before you begin to talk. Or you might want to just delete completely every other story you're compelled to tell. I remember um, there were two gals that I confronted one year about their clothes being revealing. And I I simply shared with them about my practice of wearing just a thin little undershirt under some of my shirts so that when I leaned over or, you know, the shirt maybe 
was a really low cut, how it would just bring a, like a layer of modesty to, to, you know, their clothing. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I hate talking to people about their clothes because obviously it's a matter of taste and there's different body types, but I will tell you what, as scary as those conversations were with these two women in particular, both of them have since thanked me for this conversation. Now, listen, they were put off at first, but they both realized that they were up and coming leaders in ministry and that tons of women looked up to them. They thanked me for it later. Matter of fact, they have both said that they've had to turn around and talk to other women about their crazy clothes that they're wearing to work and things like that. So anyway, be a part of helping them change. You can't just tell them an issue and walk away. Number six, the final one, make sure that you do not confront somebody unless you are certain that you are not the one with the issue. Do not confront someone if something just gets on your nerves, because that issue could be you, (laughs) because obviously that's a matter of preference. Do not confront someone just because maybe that's not how you would do something. I don't want you to confront people on items of taste and opinion. That is why having the other items that I've already listed in place are so important because you will realize perhaps as you're going through, you know, have I prayed for this person? Do I really want to be a part of changing this issue? Maybe you're going to see that the issue lies with you. Maybe you are the one that needs to adjust, not them. I will tell you at times, you just simply need to ask God to help you have grace and love for a person and hold your tongue. So let me ask you the question of the week, which one of the items I've listed above do you feel maybe was missing when you've been confronted in the past? What will you do to ensure that you don't make a similar mistake as you move forward in discipleship? I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. You can always contact me. You can just email me straight, Lori at LoriJoinerMinistries.org. Okay, well, you know, I like to always include a keeping it real moment in my podcast. And there was a time, oh my goodness, what was this? About 2003, 2004, I was leading a college campus ministry. I was being discipled by my director uh, in ministry, but she lived in another city. So she wasn't around me every day. So the keeping it real moment I'm going to bring up to you today was one that came from my co-director. His name was Jeff. And um, let me tell you something. At this college campus, there was a lot of hypocrisy going on with the administration. The administration would say, oh, yes, you know, you can reserve this room for this event. And then they'd turn around and just change their mind. Oh, sorry. You know what? We actually need to host this, you know, sports meeting in here. And so us as a campus ministry, we're always left scrambling for where else we're supposed to meet and where else we're going to set up. Well, this one particular year, I remember we asked, can we hang on each of the dorm doors, a mug that said our organization's name on it and a cup of hot chocolate and a, you know, a baggie of hot chocolate and a flyer that said our upcoming spring uh, events. And we got, we submitted the cup, we submitted the flyer, we got all the approvals, we ordered like a thousand cups. (laughs) Um, We bought just an exorbitant amount of hot chocolate. We had a whole bag day where uh, our students within our ministry got together. We put all these bags together. We went to hang one of these on each one of the doors. And do you know that the administration was like, what are you doing? 
And we were able to show our approved paperwork. And they said, no, no, you can't do that. You, you can't be coming in here in the dorms. And we were like, we have the approval. We've bought all this stuff. And they put their foot down and said, no. Okay. So I tell you that backstory to say I was growing bitter when it came to dealing with the administration of this campus. Every time we'd have a staff meeting, I'd be like, well, well, we'll see. We'll see if they're going to let us do that, you know, or it'd be a couple of weeks later and somebody'd be like, oh, we need to reserve this room. And I'd be like, somebody else going to have to reserve that room because I am done. Like, I'm not going to deal with them. Like, what does it matter anyway? They're just going to change their mind. So one day I was sitting with my co-director, Jeff, and he said something like, Lori, I don't know. He probably said something nice. Like, hey, I appreciate leading with you. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, he said, but there's something I wanted to bring to your attention. He said, since I've been here leading with you, I've noticed that you've become really bitter against our campus. And let me tell you something. There was a part of Lori that kind of reared up and I was like, say what? Like, I've been here longer than you. Uh, I've put in the blood, sweat, and tears to this ministry. You're new. Like, don't be coming in and telling me, you know. Okay, that was in my brain. That was in my mind. Thankfully, I was able to keep my mouth shut and listen to what the man had to say. He said, Lori, I just don't think you realize the attitude shift that happens in our staff meetings when you get angry with the campus administration. He says, we'll be, we'll be trucking along, brainstorming, you know, uh, ideas, working on events. But matter of fact, if something comes up about, you know, a room reservation or an event or something like that, you can turn the whole tone of the meeting with your anger and with your bitterness. And he said, I just don't know if you see kind of the power you have in those meetings and how just a few little comments from you kind of derails us. My friends. I have a few tears in my eyes right now just thinking about it. It was tough to hear. And you know what? He was completely right. He was completely right. He has specific examples to tell me. I knew he cared about me. I knew he cared about our campus and our ministry. And I knew that I was the one with the problem. But I'll tell you what, my discipler couldn't see it because she wasn't in my city, right? She was and living in Austin at the time. Um, the staff members under me, I think they felt maybe too intimidated. Um, and they knew some of the history. I felt they felt too intimidated that they couldn't even bring it up to me. So it took somebody else completely to show me my blind spot. I bring up this moment to you uh, for a couple of reasons. One, um, I don't think we ever outgrow our need to be confronted about our blind spots. I really don't. Um, by that point, I'd been in ministry for years and years and years and years. And you just, you, you never grow beyond needing to be confronted. Also, I think we need to understand that sometimes it won't necessarily be um, a discipler that will confront you on something. Sometimes it'll come from a spouse a family member, a, a friend, and we need to be open to hearing correction from all directions if we're really going to change and be the most effective we can for God's kingdom. Being confronted with blind spots in my life has helped me grow. It's helped me mature. It's helped me be humble and minister to others more effectively. This is a necessary part of discipleship relationships or friendships for that matter. Don't put off talking with someone 
and speaking the truth in love. And don't dismiss someone when they bring something to your attention. I believe that when you bring something up to somebody that they need to change or adjust and you do it in love, they will thank you for it later, just as I have thanked those who have pointed out my blind spots to me over the years. Now, listen, if you desire more information on this topic or you like that script that I shared or would like to even see a couple of others, then you can order my book, Discipling Women, and you can find it at lauriejoinerministries.org. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, would you keep us humble? Father, I pray that we would have our hearts open to correction, even if it's not perfect, even if they don't line up everything perfectly when they speak to us. Lord, we want to be useful, effective tools in your hands for the Great Commission. We don't want some blaring blind spot in our life to hinder our work for you in the harvest field. So, Father, I pray for everybody listening to this podcast today. They would have hearts open to receive correction and constructive criticism. And Lord, would you give us the bravery it's going to take to have some of those hard conversations ourselves? Lord, we love you and we thank you for all that you're doing in and through us. Thank you for the ministry of discipleship. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Lori Joyner Ministry serves the global body of Christ with discipleship resources, publications, and ongoing coaching and consulting of discipleship ministries. To invite me to speak at your next event and to see a full list of my discipleship books and Bible studies and resources, please visit me at lauriejoinerministries.org.